to Life House Church Beloved Podcast. My name is Lena Hobson and I'm joined here by Judith Lighthouse and Carolyn Thomas. How are you going girls? Well, yeah, thank you. Well. So we're up to our, our third session on a woman God can use. Um, Carolyn, I just want to do a, a brief recap on the, on the series. Yeah, we just, um, we've been starting to look at some of the women in the Bible and, and really see what qualities they had in them because... You know, we looked at Mary, the mother of Jesus, last week, and we, um, the week, or oh, two weeks ago, and last week we looked at um, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, and I just think, it, you know, that there'll be qualities in them that God chose them for a reason, and so we want to look and see what that is, so that we can seek to maybe try and copy that and emulate it, and see what's pleasing, what was pleasing about them to God, so that we can put that into build that into our own lives, because that's really what we want, isn't it, to be pleasing to God? Yeah. yeah. So that's where it came out of, just that desire to see what really pleases God. And brilliant. So today we're going to be talking about Esther, who's one of my favourites. Um, and Esther was a, a Hebrew girl who was um, living under the reign of, of a foreign foreign king. And uh, we don't know quite what happened to her family, but she had no, no family apart from her cousin, Mordecai. And um, she eventually became the queen of King Xerxes um, after he, he put his, his queen Vashti aside for defying him. And after a nationwide search and like 12 months of beauty treatments to win the heart of the king, um, Esther became the queen. And she was eventually able to use her position to save the Jewish nation, which is pretty cool. Pretty good calling. Um, So let's read Esther 2, 1 to 8. Wow, yes please. Later when King Xerxes' fury had subsided, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what he had decreed about her. Then the king's personal attendants proposed, Let a search be made for beautiful young virgins for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in every province of his realm to bring all these beautiful young women into the harem at the citadel of Susa. Let them be placed under the care of Hagar, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women, and let beauty treatments be given to them. Then let the young woman who pleased the king be queen instead of Vashti. This advice appealed to the king, and he followed it. Now there was in the citadel of Susa a Jew... Susa, sorry, a Jew of the tribe of Benjamin named Mordecai, son of Jer, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, who had been carried into exile from Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Among those taken captive was oh Jehokim, king of Judah. Mordecai had a cousin named Hadassah, whom he had brought up because she had neither father nor mother. This young woman, who was also known as Esther, had a lovely figure and was beautiful. Mordecai had taken her as his own daughter when her father and mother died. When the king's order and the edict had been proclaimed, many young women were brought to the citadel of Susa and put under the care of Hagar. Esther also was taken to the king's palace and entrusted to Hagar, who had charge of the harem. Hmm. So let's talk about what Esther was made to do. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I mean, I've just wondered, like, if they... If they considered it a privilege or if they went kicking and screaming, I mean, imagine yeah. a young girl being dragged away to go, like... I think it would have been home. a bit of both, like, yeah. nobles, daughters, sort of... Would have been wanting to go. Yeah, yeah, pick me, pick me, I'm going to be the queen. And then some, like, Esther just sort of snatched off the street yeah, sort of thing yeah, and yeah. terrified. Yeah, mm. and, and, yeah, so I just thought that's... 
yeah, I don't know what her response would have been taken away from everyone she knows and loves into the king's harem. Yeah. Hey? Mm. Well, you think about, you know, she didn't have met much family, mm. so she probably was quite sheltered. Yeah. Um, and she would have been like, you know, a sheltered Hebrew girl. Yeah. Mm. Um, brought up in a foreign city. She probably didn't have much contact with anyone outside the Hebrew culture. Yeah. yeah. So what, like, a total shock to go yeah. from that yeah. to the palace, the harem. Yeah. King with all these wives and, and like probably the palace lifestyle. Yeah, and, yeah. palace yeah. intrigue yeah. and yeah. Um, would have been like quite a shock. And even just like that, twelve months of beauty treatments, like just lying around mm. getting beauty treatments, like so quite enough to turn your head, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, and she was counselled by her cousin to hide her true identity. So she yeah. probably had to deal too with that fear. Yeah. Of, um, if they found out. out. Yeah. And like, why does he want me to? What's gonna happen? Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah I was just thinking she's she was just being so young and just leaving all she knew. Like mm. you're saying, she's a Hebrew girl and you know, not her own area nation, didn't have any mm. family. But then so losing mother and father would have been horrible enough and being brought up by other family. But then been taken losing away from all, there. Yeah. It'd be like losing your father again yeah. Yeah. and being yeah, taken yeah. into there as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't really say whether they, she wanted to go or not go. Mm. doesn't really mm. give much She wouldn't have had a choice anyway. No, that's right. If he told her to go, that's what yeah. he did. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, it'd be like losing your family again yeah. and just dealing with that and then the culture shock of a totally different living mm. in the palace. Yeah. It yep. just yeah, when you think about, like, this Hebrew girl brought up in you know the Jewish way, sort of yeah. best she's going to end up a queen to some pagan king, yeah, yeah. who may be awful. Yeah, yes. I mean right. he got rid of his first wife. Yeah. <laughs> What's she thinking? <laughs> that would be in the bag, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, what she's like left in his harem alone for the rest of her life or yeah. something yeah. if she yeah. wasn't picked, picked, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, not not good choices <laughs> all around. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, and just lastly, like, can you imagine being stuck with a bunch of beautiful women for 12 months? I was just thinking that. And no <laughs> one else. Yeah. Just the uh, torture, right? <laughs> just the gossip yeah. and the jealousy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what a dread <laughs> up the wall, I think. I can't imagine a harem would be a very peaceful place without many women competing. No, it can be for one man's affection. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm. So, what is the cost of a obedience for Esther I think again like we said um, with Mary and that she would have had to give up any of her own plans that she might have had for her life Um, you know and and that's what we've every woman that we've looked at so far they've had to lay down their own plans haven't Mm. they and just trust God and you know not just trust God trust God Um, Elizabeth as well like I said she had to wait until she was very old um, and so for Esther, like we said already, leaving the cost would be leaving what she knows, what's yep. familiar. And, um, you know, I don't know. Maybe there was a little Jewish boy that she had her eye on. And, you know, you just don't know. that you She know, was a beautiful girl. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like start yeah. looking at yeah. each other. And, and she had to just be taken away Stripped from all of that as well, yeah. ripped away. Um, and like we said as well, going into a totally pagan court. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And it says later on, like... Um, you know, she's asked Mordecai to arrange, you know, feasting, uh, not feast, fasting and praying. Like, yeah. she, you know, held to her yeah. her traditions and her faith. 
but she's thrown into this palace politics and yeah. intrigue and just like um, just really a, a lifestyle that would have celebrated sensuality. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. going to say the whole sexual side of the yeah. harem and you know that yeah. must have been hard for yeah. her. Yeah, yeah, this is a really innocent girl. Yeah. Mm. like going to be thrown at some king yeah. who's had how many wives and concubines and yeah, all that yeah. um, what do we yeah, yeah. quite quite yeah. scary yes. I think for her definitely um, yeah and just to being relation, separated from all anyone she trusted having yeah. no one to sort of yeah. provide a lot of counsel mm. to what do we mean quite difficult um, Carolyn could you read Esther to Chapter 2, 9 and 15. Yep. So 2, 9 says she pleased him, and this is talking about Hegai here, who was the eunuch in charge of the harem. Um, she pleased him and won his favour. And then 2.15 goes on to say, When the turn came for Esther to go to the king, she asked for nothing other than what Hegai, the king's eunuch, who was in charge of the harem, suggested, and Esther won the favour of everyone who saw her. Hmm. So what does that suggest to us about her response and attitude? Well, I would say, you know, the fact is um, that um, in 2.15 where it says she only asked for what he suggested shows that she's teachable um, and she was also wise. She had wisdom, you know, asking him and listening. And, um, you know, even though she was taken to that harem away from harem, harem, how do you, as you say, harem? Harem, harem, I think. Harem, harem, okay. So she was taken there away from all that she knew and love, and she still maintained that good attitude because in there, it doesn't say she was parting and sulking, it says she pleased um, Hagar, so it means that she was actually to please him, she was having a pot, she would have been having a positive attitude, and so she wasn't sulking and she wasn't greedy and grasping, which, you know, we talked about. You said, uh, you know, to be in with twelve um, for twelve months with all these women, and there would have been so much comp- competition, and yeah. you know, probably greed and jealousy and stuff. Yeah. And she wasn't like that. Um, she took his advice. She was teachable, and yeah, so she was just wise as well to do that because mm. she followed yeah. his advice. You took all my words. <laughs> yeah, which is an unusual. I think what I thought. I think too, um, like she was wise and it was like just like that real cunning and like, mm. which kind of sounds like a bad word, but you know that just that strategy to in her um, to you know she's teachable, she's she's humble, she's wise, she's like this young innocent girl. What does she know about winning? the heart of a man mm. she's never met before so she seeks advice and yep. yeah. you know she thinks about it a bit yeah. you know yeah hmm. that's good uh, alright Esther for 9 to 16 and some of the only one with not holding yeah yeah that's where I <laughs> 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 <in> my scriptures <laughs> um, Hathak went back and reported to Esther what Mordecai had said then, then she instructed him to say to Mordecai all, am I reading the right thing? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All the king's officials and the people of the royal provinces know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in the inner court without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death unless the king extends the gold scepter to them and spares their lives. But thirty days have passed since I was called to go to the king. When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows 
that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Mm. So, a lot of courage. Yep. A lot of courage. You imagine like walking through the palace towards, the king's chamber like room you know wherever he held his audiences and all the the people along the way whispering what's going on sort of Mm. thing and just like standing fast as she's going to approach him like it's a lot of courage Mm. 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 so you know what do we do what else could she have been feeling she um and like her response inspired that one thing that I that stuck out at me is that she immediately asked for backup she getting the Jews together and fast with her and, and her attendants. She didn't just she knew what she had to do and she was told what to do. But she still asked for that backup in saying, yeah. Fast with me. Yeah, you know? again we see that like that why that wisdom, the wisdom that strategy yeah, yeah. coming through. Yeah. She's not um like she knows she's not alone. Yeah. She doesn't just like mm. go off on her own, yeah, lone yeah. ranger trying to No. Yeah. Yeah. She knows she's got a job but she knows she can't do it on her own. Yeah. As well. I think she would have, you know, when we talk about what most, she would have been scared and absolutely terrified, probably like a stable walking in there. Yeah. And, you know, her response was um, firstly one of trust, like you said, because straight away she looked to God, she said, okay, we're going to fast, me and my attendants, yeah. all my attendants are, and instructed, like you say, Mordecai, to get them to fast. So mm. straight away that trust, looking to God. Yeah. Um, and then the second one as well was um, an attitude of submission. Yeah. Mm. Right. If I perish, I perish. So yep. this is what I have to do, and so I'm going to submit to that um, and do it. Mm. So girls face a similar situation. <laughs> no. <laughs> death not, to not save. There. Death to save a nation. No. <laughs> <laughs> not in the last years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing mm. like that. Again, it's just what we've discussed already, isn't it? You know, mm. but it's relative to each person. Um, you know, there, there will still be risks that we face, different risks, yeah. um, and a bane. But not, yeah, for me, not down to the personal thing of death yet. Um, yeah, and again, it's just that like, who is your source or your provision or your protector? The left yeah. over your head, it's either God or man. Mm. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's just determining well, what's the worst that can happen, and going for it. Mm. Because God's best is better than man's worst, isn't it? Yeah. That's true. That just came to me right there. Oh, oh brilliant. Quite good. <laughs> mm, good God. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> All right, um, Esther 5, 1 to 6. Do you want to read it, Jude, if you've got it? Yeah, I've got it here. On the third day, Esther put, her ro- put on her royal robes and stood in the inner court of the palace in front of the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne in the hall, facing the entrance. When he saw Queen Esther standing in the court, he was pleased with her and held out held out to her the gold scepter that was in his hand. So Esther approached and touched the tip of the scepter. Then the king asked, What is it, Queen Esther? What is your request? Even up to half the kingdom it will be given to you. If it pleases the king, replied Esther, let the king, together with Haman, Come today to a banquet I have prepared for him. Bring Haman at once, the king said, so that we may do what Esther asks. So the king and Haman went to the banquet Esther had prepared. As they were drinking wine, the king again asked Esther, 
Now, what is your petition? It, it will be given you. And what is your request? Even up to half the kingdom, it will be granted. It's reminded me of with um, John the Baptist when he was in prison, you know, and um, um, Herodias' daughter danced for King Herod, with King Herod and, and they said, what do you want? You know, also that offer of giving you up to half the kingdom and she said, John's head on a platter. It's interesting the total difference, isn't it? And what she, you know, she was made the same offer, and what she did with it, and you know, yeah. godly woman versus, you know, yeah, yeah. That's just a little aside that jumped out at me. So good. <laughs> Never apologize for sharing my wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, what really stands out to me in this is that um, she relied on God. Mm. and had her trusted him and she had a strategy mm. um you know she used what god had given her to it wasn't just like okay cool god you're gonna see me through and i don't need to do anything to prepare yeah. la, 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 la. um you know she used what yeah in the natural mm. she did what she could do prepare like her, her mm. robes sort of thing um you know whatever it was to remind the king of his of her you know why he loved her and chose yeah, her and yeah. that sort of thing um you know, and how she went about rolling out the the invitation and the banquets sort of mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah, I think I think um, it's a good point to note that God has given us intelligence and He's put things inside of us, and it's not just faith means just going off into fairyland. Yeah. yeah. And I don't and need to do anything. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Mm. I think that's important. What you say and it involves action. I was just yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Faith is our action. Yeah. All about mm. works. Um, and that's the thing, and, and what you're saying there, Lena, it's seeing how God's sovereignty and Esther's obedience worked together. Yeah, yeah. Because, yes, God is sovereign, and so it was clearly, you know, God that granted her the favour that the king mm-hmm. extended the scepter. But if she had been unwilling or too scared to actually go into the king, then, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter, like, you know, that God's, um, you know, moving the king to grant her favour. If she didn't come and do it and take that step, and then yeah. it wouldn't have happened, yeah. hey? And also, not only did the king receive her, and this is what I'm talking about, God's favour here and his sovereignty, not only did he receive her and spare her life, he then offered her as well up to half the kingdom, yeah. which was yeah. like yeah. a bonus on top. Um, mm. and, and I think the important thing there to note as well is that God always does far more that what we ask or expect or imagine but we still have to have like she had that step of faith so Mm. he is sovereign Um, you know he can he does move and do things but we have to do our part in the stepping Mm. up in faith not just sitting like you say waiting for it to happen faith isn't a passive thing no that's right you've got to be doing it Mm. a choice I like it alright so what character qualities does Esther show in her response to to Mordecai. All right, and I think that, that we're talking about that second response yep. there where Esther, um, Esther 416, 4, and yep. this is what she says. Um, okay, she tells them to go and fast, and then just the last part that she says, when this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Um, I think there, number one, there's obedience. Um, yep. You know, Mordecai's called her to a task, so she's obedient to him as well, and to what he's, you know, she knows that God would be, have put in, in there for such a time as this. I love that phrase, no. such a time <laughs> as this. Um, and submission, yeah, to Mordecai and to God and to her purpose and, of course, courage and determination and integrity. Yeah. You know, if I die, I die. Yeah. You know, trying to weasel out of it, that's yeah. that integrity. Yeah. 
I hope our listeners are picking up a theme here in the in the character, the qualities that God, you know, is chosen in these women like faith, yeah. humility, yeah. courage, yeah. hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, again and again, that's what. Yep. We see God, and they've had to yeah. have that as well. It's not even yeah. just like you know, you have you know, I've got courage. Like they are yeah. getting put into yeah. pressured situations where they are getting squeezed, and yet they're still mm-hmm. showing those qualities. So it is really in them. All right, that's good. Um, we're going to move on now, and we're going to talk about Rahab. So Rahab was a was a, a prostitute who lived in the in the city of Jericho. And though she's she's not a Jew, she ended up in the in the Hall of Faith, mm. so to speak, in Hebrews, Hebrews 11, yeah. 11, for her role in hiding two Jewish spies and making sure they go, got out of Jericho alive when they were sort of conducting surveillance. Um so we're going to read Joshua 2 1 to 16. Right now, as soon as I can find it. Yeah, do you? Oh, you got it too. (laughs) (laughs) Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Go, look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, Yes, the men came to me, but I did but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk when it was time to close the city gate they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly, you may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan, and as soon as the pursuers had gone, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land, and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea uh, for you when you came out of Egypt and what you did in Shion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven, above and on earth below. Now then, Please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your, lo- for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell what we, what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window for the house she lived on was part of the city wall. She said to them, Go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there three days until they return, and then go on your way. So was, was she putting herself at risk? Definitely. Huge risk. Yeah, mm. definitely. Um, you know, risk us so from two two places. Number one, could she trust the spies? Mm. And trust, you know. <laughs> Some random dudes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and secondly, you know, the king, I had written first that the king's soldiers could imprison or kill her if they found out, but in fact the king knew that the men were there because it says in that passage yeah. that you'd read, the king said to her, like, mm. you know, sent messages, obviously I'm assuming he didn't go himself, but, you know, where are those men sending them out? So he knew that, so she he was lying right. to him, mm. um, and so, yeah, that was, she was putting herself at risk. Yes. Mm. <coughs> she committed treason. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she did. Could have been yeah. killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and why on earth did she do this? Well, if you read, Jude, can you just read that part, Joshua, to, that was 2, hey, just 9, 9 to 11, verses 9 to 11. Mm-hmm. Have you got numbers there? Yeah. Okay, yep. I'm just trying to find that. Okay. Oh, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did in Shion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. Right, so you've got to remember now, she's a prostitute, her house is at, you know, forms part of the city wall and stuff, and so she'd be used to merchants and travellers and whatever coming in, she's a known prostitute. Um, And so she's heard all these tales, like we read there, about what, you know, probably them coming out of Egypt, what God has done, all the battles that God has fought on behalf of the Israelites. Mm. And so what she was doing there, the reason she took that risk is because she made a conscious choice from based on what she'd heard about God. Yeah. Um, she responded with faith. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so even though it wasn't her God, she'd heard enough to actually respond out yeah. of faith, and that resulted in her action. Mm. Yeah, I think it's pretty admirable in a land of pagan people, she cultivated a fear of the Lord. Yeah, and a faith in him. Fear of all, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right, so she had. Sorry, Carolyn. No, I was just going to add, and as you mentioned earlier, that you know that conscious choice there to respond with faith towards God, and of course that's for everybody that is unsaved. There's a respond mm. to faith, you know, to God in faith, which is what she did. You know, they, they can be saved and come yeah. into relationship. And as Lena had mentioned earlier, that's what resulted in her ending up in Hebrews, um, in what we call the you know, the Hall of Faith, Hall of Fame. Um, it says in Hebrews 11:31, by faith the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. So it's talking about her faith. There, she did that action after faith. Mm-hmm. So she had this um, period of waiting. The spies hid for three days after leaving her before they could report back to Joshua. Yeah. And then the Israelites were sent out to the Jordan. They yeah. camped there for three days, crossed the Jordan, circumcision, then marching and seven days around And who knows how long that was waiting <laughs> to heal from that. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot of waiting when sort of you've committed treason, yep. your life's on the line. Yeah. Um, you know the enemy, you know that they, yeah, you know they're going to come back. You've heard about what this God can do and they're going to come back and are they going to actually you remember, do what they I know they said this. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. Have I done the wrong thing? <laughs> yeah, mm. you know, yeah, definitely. I think that, that facing that fear primarily yeah. and then also like she could have had that excitement of a new hope just yes. like promise yep. a new life um so it's probably that limbo land as well <laughs> that just waiting waiting what have i done and, this is going to be awesome what yeah. have i done <laughs> yeah. yeah so what's the question what mm. your emotions would have been like yeah, yeah. Mm. i think stretched absolutely stretched like wire hay and mm. up and down um yeah and yeah so just 
that limbo as well, just waiting, yeah. like we said. The uncertainty yeah. as well, are they going to remember me, like you said, Lena? Or yeah. yeah. And like, or is the king going to discover what I did? Yeah, she yeah. had to get, so she asked for her whole family to be saved yeah. too, so at some point she's got to bring them in on yeah. the secret That's right. and yeah. hope that they don't go and say something. Run off and, yeah. 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 yeah, and all they don't give it away to their yeah. untrustworthy servant or yep. whatever. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So do you guys have any personal experience of having to wait? Yeah, definitely. Mm. And I just get re you know, going to that how did you do it and stuff straight from there and um yes, yeah, so I've had to wait lots of times. I'm sure you all have. Yeah. <laughs> um and um I'm just gonna skip straight into the next question with that. Um, how do you do it? How's your waiting good or bad? And <laughs> again, a mixture. Um <laughs> But and, and I mean I think in times of waiting the important lesson that you really learn is that your emotions will fluctuate and so you've got to use God's word and what you know of him as your anchor mm. in spite of your emotions mm. because your emotions will be you know driving you all over the place and yeah. the, the Bible tells us that the hope we have in him is an anchor for our souls yeah. and remember your soul is your emotion and your mind you know all those crazy thoughts and stuff that's your soul and so um, yeah you're you know, your hope in him is the anchor that just keeps that stable because your emotions are going to want to drive you and toss you all over the place and that's where you really need to let your spirit control you and not your emotions. Yeah. And again, it's that living by faith and not by sight and just, um, you know, just knowing that God is faithful and he's going to be there for you and he will come through. Yeah, and mm. choosing to allow that time to develop maturity yeah. and character yep. in yep. us rather than wasting the yeah. lesson. Yeah, that's right. Another thing um, with waiting is, I know for me, I've left a, um, yeah, I've left one church organisation knowing that God said, no, it's time for you to leave, you need to do this because of things that were happening there. And I was in a place of leadership there and so I had to give that aside, even though it was new, it was an area where God wanted me to work with young girls and so I had to give that aside and all that, but not knowing where I was going next. Yeah. And... But also going through all that, so it was just uncertainty and all that sort of stuff. But also dealing that once I'd left, I got angry with God because I was like, well, now what have you got for me? You know, <laughs> like, I've done yeah. what you've told me to, but it's like nothing. So <laughs> yeah, it's like, so now what? So it's just that trust. But, you know, that's when God brings someone beside you and says, no, remember, he told you this and he told you this and he's doing it for a reason. So it's a waiting time and you've you know, got to go through each day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. just having that faith yeah Mm. that's good Mm. all right ladies and gentlemen we're gonna end this podcast session off here um and next week we're just gonna dive straight back into to rahab and, and talk a lot more about about her Alright, if you'd like to get in contact with us, you can jump onto our website, www.life-house.net, or you can track us down on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash lifehouseministries. Alright, we'll see you next week.